Welcome to In It Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Hello, hello. Welcome back. So we're finishing up our trigger series, right? We're concluding it with disarming other people. So we learned a little bit about um, what triggers are. We learned a little bit about like disarming our own triggers. Now we're moving into disarming other people's triggers, right? What to look for. um, Why is it important? How you can help. So let's get right into it. Well, I'm just going to be honest here. If I was listening to this, my first response would be like, why do I want to learn how to do that? Why do I want to do that? That seems like a lot of work. Well, first of all, if we understand that trauma can cause these triggers in us and that triggers are just underlying unmet needs, then we can help someone find what that need is and they can meet that need. Also, it helps to prevent them from lashing out at you and then you having to take that on and then a tougher conversation down the road. And I know for me that when I'm disarmed, I feel loved, I feel accepted, I feel safe. And guess what? That little piece in me that's unhealed slowly heals every time I'm disarmed because it communicates to my psyche that I'm just not there anymore and I can heal this. So that's why it's really important to learn to disarm another person. It's healing. Yeah, absolutely. And it just makes the world a better place, right? If we can all have emotional control of ourselves and control over our triggers, that just makes everyone better, right? Including us, because a lot of the times when you're triggered, you're triggering me, right? (laughs) So, uh, you know, so maybe sometimes selfishly by me being able to disarm you, it'll get it will, it will never get to the point where you're triggering me and then we're going at each other, right? Oh, that's, so that's the worst. Exactly. So it's important, again, to have compassion. Terrible. We talk about having compassion for ourselves, right? But we should have compassion for other people. No, I, and I just want to preface it that there is the person right now being like, they're thinking of that toxic person in their life. They're thinking of that person with the personality disorder that does these things intentionally to hurt them. We're not talking about the overtly abusive relationships where you need to have compassion for that person and try to help them disarm themselves, okay? So I just want to preface that, especially if you're in an unsafe relationship at this time. This is for the people that are just have some trauma that are unhealed and that they're they're triggered and it's not coming from an abusive place. No, absolutely. That That's definitely a consideration to have. Yes. And so it's really important that as as we learn about this, and I just want to preface this, to disarm somebody does not mean to try to take control of a situation, does not mean that you're telling them what to do, because that can also further trigger them. It means taking a step back and saying, what's going on for this person right now? And learning how to give them what they're looking for in that moment. And sometimes that may be something you didn't think of. And we'll kind of go into that. But I just want to make sure that you understand that disarming someone does not mean taking control. And it does not mean dictating what that person does. It means finding the missing piece of the puzzle so that interaction can go in a more positive direction. So, yeah, that's a great topic that you just broached, right, is there is a huge difference between someone trying to take control of a situation and someone trying to disarm a situation, right? So let's delve a little bit deeper into, like, what what does it look like when someone is trying to control opposed to when someone's trying to disarm? Because that's a distinction that's important for our listeners to know so they're, again, not adding to the trigger opposed to disarming. Yeah, okay, so... It's best for me to kind of speak in situations, right? So let's hypothetically say that you are having a heated discussion with somebody and that person is clearly triggered. 
So controlling the situation would be like, you need to relax. You need to go take a breather. You need to go take a walk. You need to get over this. It's the you, 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 you should have known this by now. You should understand that this isn't what's going on. All that is going to do is come off as an attack, which is what I tell you all the time is like, don't say you because it's just it doesn't help when that person is triggered. So when you do that, it puts that person who's already in an emotional state to come from a defensive attack standpoint, because now you're trying to control them when they've already felt that something else was controlling them, which was the trigger. So it's going to exasperate that response. So now disarming looks like something like this. I can see that you're having a really tough time with this. And I can validate and understand that you've got a lot of emotions going on. So I'm going to walk away and give you the space that you need. And when you're ready, we can talk about this. You literally just told that person to go take a break. You take a break. But you did it in a way that was disarming. I can see that this is really stressing you out right now. And you know what? Your feelings are valid. Take some time with those emotions. And when you're ready, come back and we can talk about that. That person goes from, oh my God, what's going on to... Now, I'm going to preface that with um, you need to really establish that that person has been triggered because that can come off as condescending if someone's just trying to make a point to you and then you're telling them that, then that comes off as being condescending and you're going to create an argument. So the the first thing is is to go back to our first first and second podcast on triggers, right? And you really need to identify that the person has been triggered, right? So we go back to those, the, the same... Uh, physiological signs that we had to identify our own triggers are the same ones that you're going to notice in someone else. So, are they acting out of character? Are you know is there is there are they noticeably irate or in fear or you know is there something that you can find physiologically that is an indication that they've been triggered because what you said was absolutely spot on. But again, don't go around using those uh, speaking to, to anyone like that unless you know that they have actually right. been triggered. Well, someone with a personality disorder like narcissism, narcissism could use that towards someone and say, geez, I could, they could make it a you. This is a you problem right now. You seem to be having a tough time with this, you know, and know, that's and, what and you're that's trying to point. avoid. Exactly. So I'm glad that's that you point. said that. Uh, really glad that you said that. And I think it's really important, but we're going to go into the signs to disarm um, because when we're disarming another, we're in complete control of, of, of our situation. Um, we're not looking to control that person. We're not looking to make that, per to gaslight that person. So they kind of look at themselves like they're the issue. So that was a really important distinction that you made. So now we're going to actually talk about the signs, which you kind of slowly just brought up. It's really important that, again, this is for somebody that you know, and we'll go into something if you don't know the person, but when you know a person, you've been around them for a while, you know typically how they act, you know their their disposition, you know their sense of humor. So if you see things like they're defensive, I'm not attacking them. I was just making a point. And they're defensive and they're like, yeah, but you don't understand. Oh, well, you know what? That's not what was said last time. And you start seeing them like justify and they're really defensive. At that moment, that's a perfect opportunity to try to, to disarm. And we'll go into a little bit more. You know, making excuses is a big one. Sometimes, I mean, that's something that I would do. If I was triggered and I didn't know what was going on for me, I just knew that that situation felt so terrible that I would just make excuses because I wanted something to make sense because of what I was feeling I could not make sense of, if that just made sense, right? That's a tongue twister. So when you see someone making excuse after excuse, they're cutting you off. They're not letting you finish what you're saying. Perfect opportunity to disarm. 
Okay. And sometimes that can look like just stop talking, you know, and we'll, we'll kind of go into that more, but seeing excuses is a big sign. Yeah. And again, if, if these are things that are out of character for this person. So again, if you know this person well enough and you know that for the most part, they're not like this, and then you see these traits come out, then it's a good sign that they may be triggered. Right. But again, going back to what we said earlier, it's important, you know, there's there's a difference between someone that's being triggered and then someone that maybe is dealing with some situation where they cannot accept any, you know, any criticism, right? There's there's certain personality traits that come off as this. Um, so it's important that we again this is something that you're noticing is out of character for this person. Right. If this person's constantly defensive and constantly making excuses, they're not triggered. That's just the personality that they have to work through because they've developed these poor behaviors over a long period of time. You know, so when you see that the emotion does not match what is happening, it's like, okay, like, for example, you know, you're you're at work, one of your co-workers, you know, they're slamming their files on their desk, they're huffing and puffing, they're walking around, and you're like, what the heck's going on? Like, today is no different than any other day. We have the same amount of work today that we had yesterday. Why is it bothering you today? And you see that they're just over, they're, they're stomping, they're like, who took my stapler? Don't use my pen. Or like, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from experience here. Yeah, I'd get really mad if someone touched my stapler. That just pissed me off. But it had nothing to do with that. It just happened to do with the fact that I was overwhelmed. So when you see an ex why are you laughing when you see an exaggerated response in somebody like this does not match the situation. This doesn't make sense. Why are you getting so upset over this? That's what you don't do. You don't say, why are you so upset over this? Cause then you're shaming their response to something and it makes them feel worse. <laughs> that's why. I yeah, that's tell you, exactly it. You know, don't, don't do that. Don't say, why, why is this bothering you? Why? Is, Cause then they're like, Oh my God, something's wrong with me. They feel shameful. So, that's another time. That's another key of like, I need to disarm this. This person is just, they're not where they need to be right now. But you don't have to say that to them. <laughs> like, clearly you are messed up right now. We don't want to say that. Oh, I know. And you like, again, we've, we, and we, this is something that we have to, as a couple, we have to practice all the time. And we still have not, you know, fully mastered this skill, right? Because there's a lot of times that obviously if I'm, going from zero to 60 over over like a minor irritation then obviously i'm 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 triggered right now right then so the worst thing you can do and you've said this to me all the why are you, why so you get, mad? exactly why are you so mad and that that just throws me over the edge right because again it's i don't feel hurt at that moment right i don't feel you're not validating that unmet need that i might not even be aware of at that point right i don't know what that unmet need is at that moment and that's what triggered me and then I'm not getting the validation from any, you know, obviously from not from myself. But again, that's just that's just adding fuel to the fire. Right. So that's what we don't want to do. We don't want to use those statements and we want to. And I'm guilty of this like yep. all the time, too. Right. I There's sometimes that, you know, you know, you should be feeling this way or you, you shouldn't, you know, you should understand this or whatever it is. And when I we need to recognize, OK, if you're acting out of character, then it's that's my cue to say, okay, she may be triggered and giving you that space to, you know, recognize for yourself that you that you've been triggered because sometimes we're not aware yet. Mm -hmm. And because I am the micro expression queen, I'll read his face. 
you know, and then I'll just, I'll get even angry. I'll get even triggered. Like if he tries, he may try to just take a deep breath, like, you know, just to, to avoid saying something, but his deep breath and his sigh triggers me even more because it's like, he's angry. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's hard. And we don't want people walking on eggshells, you know, be like, Oh my God, I can't, can't freaking breathe. I can't bat my left eye because when that kid was growing up, the person batted their left eye all the time. Like we don't want to go to that extreme, but it's important that we try to just understand if we can understand where that person is coming from, we're just going to be in a better place, you know, altogether. And the other thing is, is deflecting or changing the topic. You know, if you're having a tough conversation with someone, all of a sudden they're like, yeah, so anyways, uh, the other day, you're going to be like, wait, what? If deflecting means I'm not in a place to handle that conversation or I'm that's something I, I don't want to be there. So deflection is key. Deflecting can also be with behavior or projecting, you know? Oh, yeah, well, th that other time that you said that or, well, you know what? I'm not the only one that does that. Yeah, the other day you did the same thing. It's like, wait, what this has nothing to do with me now I'm using this as an example because I used to do that I'd be like yeah but you yeah but you it's no different than you don't do this you should this yeah but you is like yeah no let's not look at me right now because I'm triggered let's kind of focus it back on you it's all about language and this is why you say what you mean and mean what you say if you don't know what those things are don't say anything that's the worst thing that you can do is open your mouth afterwards because you can make things worse so it's important that you take the time to be like if this person is triggered What's going to come out my mouth next is either going to add fuel to that fire or it's going to help it kind of die down. So sometimes disarming is just having a quiet, calm presence while you're working on the inside because maybe sometimes there isn't anything you can say. You just have to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you, all you can do is um, give space, hold space, sorry, for that person, right? Let them let them get to the point where they can acknowledge and recognize that they've been triggered. Because again, if we're if you're listening to our podcast, if you heard the triggers one and the disarming one, right? That's that's the point where you that person retakes control emotionally of um, that trigger and is able to disarm themselves. So this is just allowing them a lot of the times just to get to that acknowledgement a little quicker, right? There's certain things that you can do and say. Or actions that you can take to allow that person to recognize that they've been triggered and then allow them to disarm themselves. You're just kind of giving permission that, hey, feel what you got to feel. Yeah, I'm not going to take it personal. If they lash out at you, you know, at that point, you can put an emotional boundary in place. You can physically put your hands out and say, this behavior is not acceptable for me. And I can't continue this conversation with you until you can use a calmer tone. When you're ready to do that, we can talk about it. Is that going to suck for the person that's already triggered? Yes, but you shouldn't have to suck it up either. So it's it's learning. It's, it's understanding the people. Now, there's going to be someone here that's going to be like, yeah, but what if you don't know that person? Like, what if they're not your friend's family, your spouse, someone? What if it's some rando person that you have to work with that you don't really like or someone's on a bus and they're trained? Like, how am I supposed to deal with that? You don't need to know the person personally to know that someone's having an extreme response to something. It helps if you do, but if you don't, that's fine. And sometimes it's just seeing that this reaction for this is not matching up. That can give you, that's a red flag. That can tell you that this is a dangerous situation. That can tell you that this person's triggered. That can tell you to put some boundaries in place. Again, and how do you know all of that? Awareness. You know, so you don't have to know the person to actually disarm them. 
You just know that this is an extreme situation. And sometimes disarming someone is, is also gently removing yourself from a situation because maybe they're overstimulated by the amount of people watching whatever it is that they're going through because they're having a human moment. So that's how you can disarm them, by just giving them their space and not making their stuff your stuff. That's also a way to disarm. Yeah, and I think this is a good time to pause for our quick message. And then when we get back, we'll talk more about like helping other people to disarm themselves and uh you know again being that helping hand opposed to adding fuel to the fire so stay with us we'll be right back we always hear how much the podcast has positively impacted all of you so now here's an opportunity to help us continue making content and we've made it simple by partnering with patreon you can find the link in the episode description for your subscription we've added additional bonus incentives which include a newsletter access to the In It Together Patreon group, and special access to upcoming private episodes with Jay. For our top subscribers, you'll even get monthly access to Jay and I via Zoom. We're grateful for your support, and don't forget to keep sharing the podcast with everyone you know. Together, we can help grow the In It Together family. Now back to the podcast. So we've been talking a lot about um, seeing triggers in others, right? That's kind of what we focused on in the first half. So let's really talk about like disarming, like that the actual process of disarming another. Okay, so first, I figured I'd just kind of start with, and I'm going to give an example. When, I, when I've when i seen that you've triggered, I have definitely added fuel to the fire more times than I can count, and it has caused things to be worse for you, for me, for us. What I've been able to practice in recent times is since I know what your triggers are, you know, and we know a couple of them, and, and I know what the underlying unmet need is, when I see that you're having an exaggerated response, like you're raising your voice, you're snippy, you're agitated, you start nitpicking about stuff around the house and nitpicking on this, I'll just put my hand on your shoulder and I'll just say, everything's in control. You're in control. And you literally melt like a stick of butter and you'll just say, thank you. Because you just needed to know that she's got it, she's okay, situation's okay, I can disarm, you know? And so now that I understand that, I've done that a handful of times over the last couple months or month and a half of, you know, everything's in, in control. And that's really, really helped you. Or I've noticed you've been really, rightfully so, frustrated and aggravated because there's been a lot of things going on and it's triggered you. But I also saw in some of those circumstances that he has a right to be peeved because he's really frustrated. So how can I validate how he's feeling, but also disarm him at the same time? So I'll start the conversation with, you have every right to feel the way that you're feeling. You've been going through a lot, blah, 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 blah. And then I'll say, and at the end of the day, this isn't helpful for you. So you really need to take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath or whatever. And you'll say, thank you. You know, disarming, what does that do for you? When I disarm you, how, if anything, does that change the course of where you are going? And what does it, what does it feel like? So that people can understand the value of being disarmed. And then you can ask me. Well, I think the most important thing is that you, we've identified what that underlying need is, right? And for me in particular, my biggest triggers are when you know, obviously, if, you heard, if you've heard our podcast, you know that I'm a bit of a control freak, right? So being in control, the things that I have control over is, is a big thing for me, right? So as a, as a child, though, I lived in a very chaotic um, environment and there was very little that I had control over. So me being in control of my environment is a big, big trigger for me, right? When I feel the things, when I feel especially some, like someone outside of like the extension of me, right? my immediate family, like the kids are a little out of control or you're out of control, that is my trigger, right? It sends me completely out of control because I can't, as much as I, I want to control you guys, I can't control you, you know? I can't, I can't make you feel better. 
sometimes, right? Or I can't make the kids feel better. Or if they're completely, you know, out of control for whatever reason and they're anxious about something, they're fearful about something, whatever it is, that affects me because, you, you, you know, again, you guys are my family, the most important thing in my life, and I can't, I can't take that away, right? I can't, I don't have any control over how you guys are feeling in the moment, and that's what triggers me, right? So, again, when you come over to me and you say, everything's in control, that, you know, again, that's, that calms me down because I feel like, okay, she's, she's in this with me. She understands that as much as I want to control this, this things, I, I don't have any control over, but everything's going to be okay. And that's what that, all that, that just completely disarms me in the moment because I can, I can immediately recognize that that's what's happening, right? I'm trying to control something that I don't have any control over and I need to let go. You know, and sometimes yep. you, I don't have, again, as, as much awareness as I have, sometimes, again, when you're emotionally triggered, you, for, you, you're in that emotion, right? You don't have control over that emotion. So when and you, come, you come over and you say that, immediately I says, okay, now I see. I, this is just my trigger. This has nothing to do with anything going wrong. I don't have to feel this way and, and, and it subsides. And you, and you also validate the response that my family's human and I can't take away from them the ability or not the ability, but just the freedom to feel whatever it is that's going on in their body. Because if I'm controlling it for them, then they're not learning their lessons. They're not experiencing things. And I'm taking that from them, which makes you feel worse and more triggered because you just want to fix what's going on inside of us and you can't. So I thought that that was, a, you know, good. And for me, have... Well, I don't know. How how do you feel when if when you've seen that you've like disarmed me with my triggers? Um, I think back to what the second way that you that you normally disarm me, right? Is is just and it's the same thing for you, I feel, is just being heard. I think that's a big trigger for both of us. Yeah. Just being heard, right? And I think, you know, as you said for me, sometimes it's like just just by you acknowledging to me, I understand why you're frustrated. You know, even though my frustration level might be way beyond what it should be, just by you acknowledging to me that you understand, hey, you have a right to be frustrated right now, that to me, okay, she hears me, right? Yeah. And that, again, automatically disarms me. And just the same thing with you. Sometimes you just need, you need me to say, okay, I hear you. You know, you're not, you might not be right in what you're feeling, but I understand that you're feeling that way, right, disarms you. Yep, and you've taught me, you know, feelings are feelings. Feelings aren't facts, but you validate that it's okay to feel that way. For me, sometimes I need to know, I need to know I'm safe. I need to know that things are going to be okay. You know, and there's sometimes where I'm wiling out about something because I've been triggered. My trauma was triggered. Some terrible stuff was triggered over the, the last recent weeks for me. And you've looked at me and you was like, I got you. You're okay. Nobody can hurt you anymore because I'm right here. And that to me was like, oh, okay, thank you. Like I had big, and was my response exaggerated to it? Yeah, sometimes people would be like, I mean, are you really going to be upset over something like that? 
you know? But it was like, you have no idea that something like that has a shit ton of stuff underneath it. And that is just at the tip of the iceberg. So that's how we've learned to disarm each other because we're going to do the things that we're just, that I'm going to talk about now. And the first thing was, is we've brainstormed past conversations that have resulted in a trigger. And we've used a similar chart, like the one I've made, we just kind of did this, you know, vocally about what that underlying unmet need was. So we've talked about like, why did the situation go this way? Like, what, why were you triggered? Then we'll start talking, going back and forth. And it was like, oh, it was because of this. Like when you were younger, does this make sense to you? Totally. So your unmet need was, is that you just felt like everything was out of control or it was me. It would be like, no one ever listened to you, Court. No one ever listened to what you had to say. Everybody just bypassed everything. And so that's why you felt frustrated. That's why you felt like you couldn't get two words in edgewise or whatever it was. So learning to have those brainstormed conversations help in so many ways. Not only does it help you learn to how to disarm your partner, but it really helps bring the intimate level of the relationship to the next level because it's like this person understands me like no other. And that person is going to work even harder to be better with managing their triggers as you're trying to disarm their triggers because they finally have that person in their life. Now, let's hope we don't self-sabotage because we don't think we're worthy of that person. That's a whole other conversation. But that's where that comes from. And then you want to start thinking of ways to reframe sentences. So like, again, we've talked about instead of you should, you don't, you da da da, that's going to feel like an attack. So we must reframe it. It's really, really important to reframe whatever it is that we're going through. Because when we do that, we have more compassion for a person when we can reframe something for them like, man, this isn't about me. This is about them right now. They're struggling to understand. They're in a hyper state of awareness. Let me help them with that. You know, so it just it really helps bring everything full circle when you can talk to a person when it disarms them. Again, like he said earlier, you know, the worst thing for me to say to you is, is you should do this and you should do that. And I had to tell you that earlier. I didn't like when you were saying that because this is blah, 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 blah. And we've talked about that. And you were like, yeah, you know, we're always going to be perfect about it. But these conversations that we have really help. I think it's important for our listeners to understand that this is, again, this is a process just like everything else. Like what we do as a couple is years of understanding each other, of starting to understand triggers within each other. But we're, you know, again, we're very, um, we have a lot of communication between us. So just so you guys understand what disarming for us, like what we've been talking about is, you know, is a long time of us working together, right? So just so we can, uh, so you guys can understand fully what that process looks like, right? So most recently we were dealing with a situation, right, where your unmet need or the or, or the the underlying issue that was the triggering factor what had to do with not feeling safe. That's something that is is something that's very very triggering for you. Again, you're you had a childhood where the people that were supposed to keep you safe never did, right? So anytime you're in contact with situations or even people sometimes, right, that harken back to that time, then you your your body automatically feels that okay, there's here's the trigger coming, right? So it's having those conversations that allowed me to be okay, I know when you're triggered, even though you might not know that you're triggered yet, like I can see the patterns, right? And you talk about documenting and writing it down. That's very important. That will cut down that time. Like we, it took us years to to figure this out, and we're giving you the shortcuts, right? Writing it down, documenting these things will help you 
see the patterns and identify the patterns a lot quicker. And that's what we've done for us, right? So when I see that you're triggered with your acting out of character and I know that you're triggered, right? It could be one of a couple of things, right? But one, but because I we have that pattern in place, then I can see, oh, I remember this. I remember when you were last triggered in this way, it has to be this, right? And that's why I can come to you and say, you've been triggered by something. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about why, what, what's going on right now. And that helps you, again, get out of that emotional state and start thinking logically, okay, and you know, you've come to trust me to the point where if I tell you, hey, you've, you're triggered, you trust me enough from work, you know, from our conversations that you know that I know you well enough that when you are triggered and I'm telling you that you, you are triggered, that at, at very least you're going to take a step back and try to figure out if you in, in fact have been triggered or not. And that's helped, right? Because that starts to get you to that process of logically going through, have I been triggered? Yeah. And there's a, there's something you said that's like, before you know, I know. Sometimes a trigger is so visceral and so deep that it puts you into fight or flight. And for me, I go into hypo arousal, which means not hyper, but hypo. I shut down. When I shut down, my executive function in the prefrontal cortex of my brain says, I'm offline. When I'm offline, I don't do any, I just know how to survive. What do I have to do right now to get myself safe? So I'm not paying attention to the fact that I'm triggered. That's how deep and visceral some of my trauma was. You know, so if you're in that point, it's okay. It's okay if you didn't know in that moment that I was, because yeah, I've been practicing self-awareness. How was, how did I miss that? How did I not see it? Because it was deep. It was just deep. It's okay. It's not about beating yourself up. It's about getting yourself some compassion. So when we learn to disarm and we understand the people that we're with, we help them heal quicker because we're like, hey, hey, you're safe. It's okay right now. You've been triggered. This is, you haven't been the same since we've been doing this. And my first response, you know, you just want to lash out because that person sees me weak. That person sees me vulnerable. That person sees what I couldn't see in myself. What the hell's wrong with me? That's where I would typically go. But now it's, that person sees that I'm okay and I'm not, I'm not safe right now. That person wants to help me. That person's just trying to point it out. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. That's what I have to tell myself. But at first, it was that person seeing me weak. That person seeing me vulnerable. I'm worthless. I, I couldn't even see that in my damn self. But I didn't understand that that's why I was initially defensive. It's not because I wanted to deny it. It was just because I couldn't see it myself, which means that something's wrong with me. And it's not. Trauma is deep and visceral and some of my trauma because it had to do with my body it's my issues are in my tissues it's deep it's cellular you know it's going to take some time but his disarming helps me heal quicker and yeah and getting to that point right and to be able to effectively disarm we needed to have those conversations right we needed to establish that trust level and then now you know i can come to her when i know she's been triggered and i know what the trigger is now that we know just like she knows that when I'm triggered and what my trigger is and she can come over and say, hey, everything's under control. I can go to her and give her a hug and say, I got you. No one's ever going to hurt you. You know, that's that's that disarming part. Right. That's what gets us back to, OK, I am not where I was that initially caused the emotional response that I'm calling a trigger now. Right. I'm not there anymore. I'm not a little child of whatever or, or you know, an adult that, you know, had this traumatic event happen to, right? You're not there anymore and you're able to come out of it because emotionally you're able to take back control. And that's 
that's what we can help do to to someone else, right? If we start to notice that they're triggered, we can start to have these conversations about what these triggers are. And once you know that that person has that trigger, that particular trigger, then you know exactly what to say and do to get them back. Exactly. And honestly, it's hard. It's not easy. It's not easy for the person that's triggered and it's not easy for the person that's not triggered. It's triggering all around and it just sucks. But the more that you can just be like, hey, you know, you're having a tough time today. It's okay to have tough times, but you're still safe. You know, you validate that like, yeah, because the reality is, is that you have to experience the trigger, which we've talked about. You have to validate and name the emotion. You have to be able to feel safe enough to experience what has been put on freaking hold. Like you're, you're calling, you know, your cable company, you're sitting on hold for 10 years. That's what it feels like. Cause everything that you're having to go through now is what you needed to feel then. Had you had permission when that bad experience happened to have control in your survival, if you had the ability to have a say in how you transformed that grief, then you wouldn't be here as an adult. So you have to allow yourself now to experience that. You have to, you have to, there's no other way. So experience it up, cry it out, talk about it, process it. It's not easy. But if we can just be good humans like this, we can prevent people from going through more traumatic experiences. We add more trauma to our significant others and our friends and family when we don't allow them to have that experience because we're trying to control it to them because it's only bringing them back to why they were there in the first place. Hey, you have no control over your feeling right now. Shut up and move on. It's the same thing, right? So again, abusive situations are different. Abusive people are different. We're just talking about people that have trauma and that are really hurt and are trying to heal. And so let's recap, writing them down, documenting them, using language that is safe without saying you or you have to, right? Those three things are the biggest things that you can do to help disarm someone that you care about or just disarm a person in general so that you can lessen the situation of what's going on around you. And the fourth thing is that you can give space. You can give that person space. You don't want to turn your back. You don't want to walk out on them, but you can give space and you can hold space. And this means that you can just say, you know what? I'm going to go take a couple minutes to myself Why don't you take a couple minutes to yourself if you would like, and then we can come back together. It's okay to remove yourself because maybe that person needs to while out. Maybe that person needs to take a tantrum, but you don't have to be there to witness it and observe it. You can just be there to support the process afterwards. So those four little things that we've been practicing over a very long period of time, it took us forever to figure out were the key to helping disarm each other. Yeah, and that's it, guys. Uh, We're going to wrap this up. I hope you guys got a lot from these trigger series And really, you guys, we're building a community of of like-minded people. And if you're not part of our Patreon family yet, absolutely go to the uh, description in the bio. You'll uh, be a link there. Sign up and and join the community. You know, you'll be able to meet other like-minded people and get access to a lot of other resources that we provide. I'm working hard for you guys on getting a website where we're going to have everything that we offer in, on, on a one-stop shop place for you guys. We, we do all this for you. So absolutely go on there, support us, and then, again, join, be part of the community because that's important. So, again, I hope you guys got a lot of great information from this. Let us know what other series you want us to do. And, as always, just stay with us and stay healthy, guys. 
So guys, if you aren't following me already, you can find me on TikTok at Ask.Courtney, on Instagram at AskCourtney underscore, and on YouTube at AskCourtney. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future podcast, you can reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. We'd love to hear your stories, guys, so make sure to reach out. And as always, we're all in this together, so stay safe. Remember, there's no shame in asking for help. Till next time.